Well, it's that time of year again when everything in our world gets just a little crazy, right? The summer has come and it's been awesome. We've had a blast. We've been going, you know, here, there, yonder. We've gone everywhere in the world. And now we are getting ready to settle back down into our routine. And so that means for some of us in the room, that means school starts, right? How many of you go back to school tomorrow? Let me see those hands. Awesome. How many of you have another week before you have to start, right? Quit smiling and gloating at the rest of the kids, right? Because they're sitting down there thinking, man, tomorrow this starts. And tomorrow we've got to get back into this routine. I don't know, uh, for my 12-year-old daughter, I will tell you it's going to be difficult because she doesn't get up until 1030 every single day this entire summer. And so waking up at 6 a.m. is going to be extremely difficult for her. Y'all pray for Amy as they work through that on their own. And I'm going to stay over here on the side and just kind of let them do that. But, uh, you know, it gets crazy with all the different things that happen. There's there's excitement. There's fear, right? I mean, I'm trying something new. I've got a new teacher, new classes, new grade, new everything that's kind of going Going on, and there's a little fear and anxiety that happens inside of our kids. There's a little fear and anxiety that happens inside of our parents, right? A little fear and anxiety that happens inside the grandparents as we're beginning to kind of walk through and look at all of these different things, and we realize, man, it's about to get crazy. So, so how in the midst of crazy do we kind of just keep our head about us? How do we remain just kind of peaceful? How do we keep being able to breathe even when everything else is going crazy? And there's some of you in the room that go, you know what, well, that really doesn't affect me. My kids aren't in school. Uh, Try getting in your car tomorrow morning about 630 and driving somewhere, right? It will affect you, I promise, because your patience is going to be tested as traffic gets bad and God forbid you get stuck behind the school bus, right? And you have to go station to station behind this big yellow Twinkie, and you're going, I'm going to rip my hair out in the midst of How do we walk through these changes, these things that are going on, and keep peace inside of us? How can we simply breathe in the midst of everything that is going on? That's what I want us to look at this month of August together. And I want to do it as we walk through the Psalms together. And I want us just to kind of look at some of the different things that are going on. And and maybe you're familiar with the term spiritual discipline, right? Those things in our life that are habits in our life, but they're habits with the right motivation, right? We have the right heart behind it. And the things that we're stepping into, we're going, you know what? Even when everything is so chaotic around us, we're able to breathe in the midst of it. And we're able to experience it a little bit differently because our mind is in the right place. And so what I want us to do is I want us to develop some some good spiritual habits over this next uh, month together as we learn to breathe in the midst of everything else that's going on. And so today, if you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to be at Psalm 139, and uh, we're going to read that together, and then we're going to understand what David's talking about here as he really gives us a good picture of what it means to practice the presence of God in every aspect of our life and everything that's going on. Let's look at what David says here in Psalm 139. He says this, he says, "'O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar.'" You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you form me, for you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. For they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for these words that were penned by David. And Father, I pray that we would let them just resonate with us this morning. God, that we would just spend some time together dwelling on these thoughts and these concepts. And Father, I pray that we would begin to practice your presence. Father, that we would become fully aware of the fact that you are with us through every circumstance, through every moment, through everything that happens in our life. And Father, I pray that we would lean into that and that, Father, it would become a joy to each one of us in this room. Lord, I pray that in the midst of chaos, we're able to breathe and we're able to have a peace that can only come from a relationship with you. So bless our time together this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what David began to understand as he's writing this psalm, he's pinning these words. There's this thought that keeps resonating in his mind, and I think it's one that needs to resonate in our minds as well. It's simply this, it's that we have God's undivided attention, right? We have God's undivided attention. I want you to think about that for a second, right? There's like 7.4 billion people on this earth, right? That's, that's a lot of people. And I don't care how many Facebook friends you have. You do not have 7.4 billion friends on any social media platform whatsoever, right? We don't know all of the people that are on this earth. We, we know that there are a lot of people that are out there and we know some of them, some are acquaintances, some have pretty good relationships with us. Some live in our home and they begin to know us more than other people around a lot of us with our spouse or someone in a small group, they know every single detail about the things that are happening in our life. But what David begins to understand as he's thinking through this and he's dwelling on it is this simple reality, right? This reality that we have God's undivided attention. 
Now, with me, if, if I've got three people in my house other than myself, you probably get a little bit of my attention. Right? When Griffin's in front of me, she has my attention. When Molly Grace is in front of me, she has my attention. When Amy's in front of me, she has my attention. But you don't have all of my attention all the time. And with our finite minds, sometimes we start thinking, how is this even possible? Because we don't get one seven billionth of God's attention. We get absolutely every bit of it. We have his un divided attention. And David began to ponder this and think about it. And he said, man, listen, here's the coolest thing to me. God, you know every detail about my life. God, you know me like nobody else knows me. You know, when I get up, you know, when I lie down, you know, when I'm at school, you know, when I'm at work, you know, when I'm at the post office, you know, when I'm getting my nails done. God, you know every intimate thing about my life. God, you know every word that I've ever spoken. You know the words that I wanted to speak, but I didn't. You know the thoughts that go inside my head. You know every detail about me. Now listen, we live in a day and age where all of us are a little skeptical about the fact that people are watching us, right? I mean, we live in a world in which we have all these wonderful ideas of what the government is doing and that the government is constantly listening in. Everybody knows Alexa is really just this, you know, uh, backwoods thing that the government puts inside of our house. It's always on and everybody can listen to it. And so the government knows what we're doing 24-7. I've been told that my Apple Watch does the exact same thing. So shh, I don't want anybody to know because people are listening in on us, right? Here's how we know they're watching and here's how we know they're looking. If you go this afternoon and you Google new lawnmower, watch what begins to happen to all of your social media posts and all your pop-up ads on your computer. All of a sudden, everybody and their grandmother knows that you're looking for a new lawnmower. And so every detail of the brand new thing can begin to pop up on your screen. And you're all of a sudden sitting here going, how did they know? How do they know all of this stuff about me? And so here's what we do. We panic and we freak out and we say, I'm shutting down everything because I don't want anybody to know anything about me. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't know that the government is looking in on us and they're listening to everything that we say and everything that we do, but I do know that the creator of the universe is. And I do know the one that created us knows every intimate detail about our life. And it's one of those things that we can't just fathom sometimes because we can't wrap our mind around it. But David's going, listen, there is an omniscience from God, a knowing of everything that goes on in our life. And he said, not only does God know everything about me, but listen, he's also omnipresent, which means this, that God is everywhere that I could ever go. That there's nowhere that I can go to get away from the presence of God. He says, if I go up to heaven, guess what? You're there. And if I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, you are there. If I get on a 747 and decide to fly somewhere, no matter where I am in the clouds, God, you are there. And if I decide to take a cruise ship out in the middle of nowhere, out in the ocean, guess what? You are there. God, everywhere I go, you are there. You're where I was, you're where I will be, and you're with me every step of the way as I make this journey. Because God, you're ever present. You're everywhere 
I have your undivided attention. Now, hearing that this morning is going to do one of two things in your life. Knowing that God knows everything about you and that God is everywhere that you are at that very moment is either going to bring comfort into your life or it's going to bring conviction into your life. There is no in-between. There's either this comfort that comes from knowing that the God of the universe knows everything about you and that he is with you every step of the day and goes, man, that is awesome. Thank you, God, that I'm longing to be in your presence. Thank you for going with me every step of the way. But if that's not your heart this morning and there's more of a conviction that comes from that, it's because the things that you leave here and go to, the things that you find yourself doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, would be things that you go, you know, I don't really like the fact that God knows that. I don't really like the fact that God is present with me in the midst of this. And here's what that begins to do. That begins to bring conviction into our life. Because there's certain things that we would never do together as we gather in worship that we might have no problem doing when we walk out of these doors. And we find ourselves in other situations. And we're not focused on his presence. We're not thinking about his presence and we're not really walking through the, the idea of understanding that he is with us no matter what. And that can bring conviction to our life. Can I, can I give you just a, a brief moment? If that's you this morning, if you found that, you know what, I'm convicted of the fact that everywhere I go, he's there. Everything I'm going to say and everything that I'm going to do, he knows about. Let me give you a breathe moment this morning. He already knows it. All we have to do is agree with him that what we were doing doesn't honor and glorify him. Because he knows everything about our life, he already knows it. David said, hey, can I get into the darkness and hide something from you? Is there some way I can get away from you? And then he goes, no, you know what? The reality is even the darkness is light to you. There's nothing that can be hidden from your presence. So listen, God's not surprised this morning by our convictions. He's not surprised by the fact that we know that his being present makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable because we've not been following hard after him with everything that we've got. And he says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to come confess it to me. That's what, that's what confession is. It's agreeing. It's agreeing with God that, you know what, I'm not living up to what you desire. And I'm not understanding that, and I'm not living in the midst of that. See, my prayer is not that that brings conviction to your life, but it brings comfort to your life this morning. Because knowing that the God of the universe is with us every step of the way, and that he knows everything about us should bring that comfort into our lives. It should be able to allow us to breathe in the midst of every single situation that we go through. And David began to understand that because here's what he knew. He said, not only do we have God's undivided attention, but he said, guess what? We got God's undivided affection. We have God's undivided affection. Here's what that means. He's not looking to, to zap us. He's looking to wrap his arms around us. He has the ultimate best in mind for every single one of us in this room. So we shouldn't want to run away from the fact that God knows everything about us and he's always with us. We should actually turn the other way and go, God, that fact is so comforting to me this morning because as you pursue me, you are a loving God who is desperate for a relationship with me. You've done everything necessary for us to be together. You're not looking to come and zap me. You're looking to come and wrap your arms around me because I also have your undivided 
affection. You know, the the reality that God is everywhere and that he knows all things is always the reality. But let's be honest, we're not always aware of it. We're not always mindful of that fact and we're not always walking in light of that. So God's omnipresent and his manifest presence, his actually being there and us being aware of it and knowing it and walking in that are two completely different things. Look at what A.W. Tozer says about this idea. He says, listen, the presence and the manifestation of the presence of God are not the same. So God being there and us being aware of God's presence and being tapped into that are not the same thing. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He is manifest only when we, only when and as we are aware of his presence. So here's what, what we're talking about. We're talking about going from the fact of knowing that God is always present, that God knows everything about our lives and that he is there every single step of the day to stepping into that with our awareness of it and going, God, here's what I want to know. I want to be with you. Why? Because we have his undivided affection. Look at what it says in verse 13 of Psalm 139. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. You see, there's a difference between knowing that the presence of God is there and us being aware of it, stepping into it and going, you know what? That shouldn't convict and scare me. It ought to comfort me in knowing that the God who created me, the God who formed me, the God who saw me before I ever existed, the God who wrote down and ordained every single day of my life who is for me and not against me is the one that is going, hey, I'm here And I'm walking with you and I want you to be aware of it. Because I believe that today most of us say, yes, God is everywhere. But here's what we do. We come to church on Sunday and we say, God is here. His presence is here. His spirit is here. And we get drawn into those moments. But when we leave this place, we think that that's where we leave God. I'll pick him back up if I show up on Wednesday or I'll come back on next Sunday and then once again we'll be in the presence of God. We don't realize the reality that every single day we get to be in his presence. We get to be tapped in and in tune with him, walking with him day in and day out. Listen, if you've grown up in church, you've been told, you know what, you need to be in the Word. You need to be praying, and we're going to talk about all those things. But can I tell you what we normally do? We book in God. We start our morning off with Him, and we say, good morning, Lord. I'm so excited to, to be with you today. Let me read some of your Word, and let me let it saturate my heart. And then we go, okay, God, I'm going to pray, and then, hey, I'll see you tonight when I climb back into bed. And then when we climb back into bed at night, we go, God, thanks again for today. Thanks for how you were at work. Thanks for how you moved. Thanks for how this happened and this happened. And man, you know, you did stick me behind the bus, but hey, there's forgiveness. And so I love you anyway, and everything's going to be fine. And we pray at the end of the day. 
What we don't do is practice the presence of God and understand, listen, he's there when we're in his presence in worship. He's also there when we're reading our Bible with him at our house. He's also there as we walk down to the kitchen to make breakfast. He's also there when we walk out and hit the button in the garage and we jump inside the car and we begin to drive down the street. He's there every moment of every day of every life. And we've got to tap into that. We've got to understand that, God, you know what? I have your undivided attention and I have your undivided affection. And you love me. You are for me. And we've got to learn to walk in that every single day of our life. Brother Lawrence was a monk in France. And he's written, part of his life was written about practicing the presence of of God. And he was the cook inside the monastery. And so all he did all day was cook food and clean. Cook food and clean. And he said it was one of the most mundane things you could ever imagine. Until he realized something. He realized that God's presence was with him every moment of every day. And he said, here's what I did. I just simply invited him in to everything that was going on. Hey, God, I'm about to start cooking some food. Why don't you come with me? And I got cognizant of the fact that God is with me even in this moment. He says, I'm washing dishes. I'm like, hey, God, I'm about to go wash some dishes. Why don't you come with me? And they began this just communion uh, with each other, this communication back and forth of talking and singing and praising him and thanking him for who he is. And it was in the midst of doing the most mundane task that you could ever imagine that he began to understand a joy and an overflow from something that was very accessible to him. And that was this simply being in the presence of God. Listen to me this morning. I don't know what your day looks like. I don't know what your next step is, but what you have is the same access that Brother Lawrence had. It's to the creator of the universe who says, listen, not only am I here, my longing is to be with you and you be fully aware of my presence so that every moment of every day is one that you understand that I am here, that I am with you, and that we are together and we can accomplish anything That means no matter what's thrown at us in this world, when we understand that I am here and he is with me, that we can just simply say, when there's chaos, when there's turmoil, there's an inner peace that is inside of me because the presence of God is here. When's the last time you recognized that? When's the last time you were looking for that? You were anticipating that? You were saying, God, I can't wait until you're with me on this. I can't wait for this next moment. Hey, God, we get to go do this together. You see, it's when we understand that we have his undivided attention given to us and that we have his undivided affection given to us that our response is this, that he gets our undivided action right? He gets everything about our life because we know he is in constant pursuit of us and that he is walking with us moment by moment, step by step, day by day. When we recognize that fact, it begins to revolutionize our life. It changes the way that we do things. Look at what David did here in verse 19. He's talking about how great God is and that God knows everything about him and he can't get out of his presence and he's known him from the womb and all these great things and God, you're awesome. And then he begins in verse 19 and he says, oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God, depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. And he goes on to say, for they speak against you wickedly and your enemies take your name in vain. 
Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They've become my enemies. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. You go, well, what in the world just happened to David? He's talking about how great God is and how much he loves him and how much he's in pursuit of him. And now all of a sudden, it looks like he has just this spaz moment. starts talking about all these things that he hates, right? God, I hate that. I hate this. Would you kill the wicked people? Would you do away with all these different things that are going on? And it looks like there's been a change. But listen to me. The change has been a positive change. Because here's what David understands. When I am in the presence of God, I realize he's everywhere, but I recognize he wants to be with me. It revolutionizes the way that I do life. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. It means that when I'm aware of his presence 24-7, walking with me day in and day out, moment by moment, step by step, my heart begins to change. I begin to hate the things that God hates. I begin to not stand for the things that he can't stand. I begin to love what he loves, desire what he desires, pursue what he pursues more than anything else. When we practice the presence of God, everything about our life begins to change. I want you to think about it for just a second. Yes, God is there, but when we're not aware that God is there, what is the response of our lives? Think about that. Think about it when we're stuck behind the school bus and we're not aware of God's presence with us in that moment. What are the thoughts that go through our head? What are the things that begin to come out of our mouth? When we're not aware of God's presence and we're standing in the office, what is it that we're talking about around the water tower, right? You're gathering there around a cup of coffee and you begin to have a conversation and somebody has a problem with a coworker. What's your response when you're unaware of God's presence? When you're walking around school and you're hanging out there at the locker and somebody begins to come up and rip somebody, let me tell you something. What is your response when you're unaware of God's presence? The response is the typical response. It's, you know what we do? We join in in the gossip. We join in in the slander. We join in in the bullying. We join in in all these different things that are going on. We jump on social media and we start ripping people from one side to the other because here's the problem. We're not aware of the presence of God that's happening right now in our life. The reason David began to change is because he became aware of God's presence and he wanted to step into God's presence in such a way that it changed everything about his life. God, here's what I want. I don't want to talk like everybody else talks. I don't want to act like everybody else acts. God, I don't want to just do what everybody else is doing because I can't do that because I'm in your presence. And here's what I know. You paid an unbelievable price for my life. And God, I want things to be different today. In every moment of every day, I want to be fully engaged with you. Hey, before we wrap up today, I want, I want you to do me a favor. If you've got a piece of paper, you've got something to write on, you've got something there in front of you, do me a favor. Just pull that out and grab you a pen, right? As, hands on right here. Just, just a little something I want you to do uh, as we get ready to wrap this up and close out this morning. Find something to write on. And here's what I'm going to ask you to write down. Write down a few of the things that you have to do tomorrow. Right? If it's school starting back and you got to get up early, you know, jot that down. Now, listen, I know there are a few of you who have the God given gift to be anal. Do not get real detailed in this. 
All right, please don't, because that's not really what I'm asking you to do. All I'm asking you to do is give me three, four things you got to do tomorrow. Maybe it's some last-minute school supply shopping. Maybe it's, you know, got to get my nails done because I got to look my best. Maybe it's, you know, I'm meeting so-and-so for lunch tomorrow or, hey, the conversation around the dinner table tomorrow night. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to jot down a few things that you've got to do tomorrow. And then out beside each one of those things that you jot down, I just want you to put a little reminder. And here's what I want you to remind yourself as you walk into tomorrow. God is here. God is here. Because he's there when you wake up in the morning. He's there when you're cooking breakfast. He's there when you get in the car. He's there when you get on the bus. He's there when you have those conversations with your friends. He's there when you get to the office. He's there when you do whatever it is that you've got to do tomorrow. The reality is God is already there. But are you going to recognize it? And are you going to recognize it in such a way that it changes your life tomorrow? That you tap into that. And that you understand it and you say, God, here's what I want. As I'm walking through today, I want to be different. I want my life to reflect you. I want the things that I think. I want the things that I say. I want the things that I do, God, to be honoring and glorifying to you. Will you practice the presence of God? You know, there's some of us in the room that have to understand this morning the reality is that God is everywhere, and yes, he loves you, and yes, he formed you, but the problem is that you've not really been aware of him up until this moment, and maybe you've just now realized, you know what? I'm completely separated from him. So you might have walked into this room thinking, you know what, as long as I go to church, as long as I say the right things, and I'm not as bad as somebody else that's around me, then I'm going to be okay, and I'm going to be pretty good. Here's the reality. The Bible tells us this, that every single one of us have sinned, and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And when that happened, was it separated us from God. And here's what we do. We try to do some good things. We try to do the right things every now and then, and we're hoping that somehow gets us back in God's good graces. But the reality this morning is there's nothing you and I can do to ever be back in a relationship with God. But Jesus Christ came to this earth, and he lived the life that none of us in this room could ever live. And when he went to the cross, he took upon himself everything that you would ever do, everything that you ever will do. Why? Because he knew you from the moment you were formed. He knew every thought. He knew every action. He knew everything that you were going to do. And he took that upon himself. And he did not stay in the ground, but three days later he arose with brand new life in anyone who trusts in him and places their trust in him can experience everlasting life. Maybe the first thing you need to do this morning is to recognize that, that you are apart from him and that you're in desperate need of his son and the death that he paid on your behalf. In just a moment, as we begin to stand and sing together, here's the thought, man. If you need Jesus, then just step out from wherever you're standing. Walk to the back. We've got volunteers here that would love to talk to you about taking that next step and what it looks like to have a relationship with Christ. Maybe some of us in the room, we have that relationship, but here's the deal. Our next action is acknowledging it every single day, moment by moment, step by step, realizing that I'm in the presence of of God and allowing that to really transform the way that we live our lives ultimately for his glory that we could honestly say this morning God search me 
Search my heart, know my thoughts, know every anxious thing about my life. God, you know every detail, you know what's going on. And here's what I'm asking, man. If there is anything in me that does not honor and glorify you, tell me today. Show me today so that I can make it right with you and that I can walk moment by moment, step by step in your presence. Will you stand to your feet? Father, we give you this time now. Father, whether it's those that are stepping out for the very first time saying, I need to be in a relationship with Christ, God, give them the courage to do that. Or if it's those that are stepping out today saying, you know what, I need to get right with Christ. Amen, I need to learn to live with him moment by moment so that I can breathe in the midst of what's going on in life. Father, we give you this time now. May we have the courage and the boldness through your Holy Spirit to step out. We ask it in Jesus' name.